This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of This is Somewhat Silly, or perhaps This is Silly Unplugged, that's what Mitch likes to call it. Or back in the good old days, uh, you and Bird used to just, you know, every time a camera was pointed at him, he would say, welcome to my show. You know, that's kind of fun too. Um... Basically, these shows, if you haven't uh, been listening lately, uh, they're just sort of in-between shows when the whole team can't get together because we do actually um, have stuff to talk about. And as life gets a little more complicated and we don't have time to get everybody together, we do still want to do a show. So here we go. We're going to do a quick news and notes edition, but I also want to reach out to... uh, any new listeners out there, and kind of explain some things about the St. Luligans. This is this is silly. The podcast of the St. Luligans. Um, we have three other shows on our network now. We have uh, St. Louis wannabe fans. That's for brand new fans. Um, Christina and Anna Maria. They Anna Maria is a totally new fan. Uh, Christina has been with the Luligans for a while. Uh, but they're sort of like explaining some of the basics to brand new fans. And that's a great show if you like seriously have never watched soccer before. You're probably going to get some answers to questions that uh, maybe you feel too silly to ask. Um, that's a good show for just, like I said, brand new soccer fans. For those that want a little more serious, sort of in depth team coverage, actually talking about. Um, the players and what they're doing and maybe some looks around the league, previews of upcoming games. That's where the Soccer Capital podcast comes in. Uh, Those guys are more of a game analysis uh, podcast. Not that they don't also have fun and and joke around a little bit, but that's going to be more if you want to know what happened last week and what's going to happen this week. We also have a show by the uh, Florida Noise guys called Show Up, Make Noise. Um, They talk about sort of the ins and outs of that section of the stadium where they're making the noise. They talk about chants. They talk about the march to the match. And, uh, I mean, definitely more supporter-focused. They don't cover a lot of team news. Uh, But if you're interested in that part of the thing, that's that's probably a good podcast to listen to. And if you also, if you have chant ideas, we love that you send them to me at the Luligans, um, but really they should go to Florida Noise because those guys, even though we're all uh, related and I usually just pass those along to them, those guys are really the ones that sort of uh, decide what can work. Um, they take a good idea and they maybe tweak it to make it uh, more section friendly, I would say. Uh, just... You know, a basic tip on that kind of thing is if you have a good idea for a chant, it has to be something simple. It has to be something that uh, can people can pick up on pretty easily. A lot of times somebody will like write like three verses and, you know, a chorus, and it's like all brand new original lyrics to a song that maybe people know. It's going to be hard to get that to catch on. You know, the best ones are like, A, a song that everybody knows, and uh, B, like just a few lyric changes or something that repeats a lot that can catch on. Um, Because we've got a lot of really good songs, but like it's hard to get 3,000 people to learn, you know, a completely new song. So um, that's sort of that basic stuff. This podcast is more about the St. Luligan experience, uh, things that we're doing for game day or away trips, or things like that, things that are happening in the Luligan culture. I do want to kind of mention to people, I, it's confusing if you haven't been around for a while, we're not the only supporters group. And the entire North End, the supporter section, they're not all Luligans. We are the biggest and we are the oldest supporters group, and a lot of us are St. Luligans. But there are a couple other groups in there too, and they're each kind of trying to do their own thing. We do work together, and we sometimes share events. Um, but, you know, like especially after that first game, we heard a lot of, like, people saying, oh, the Luligans are doing this, and the Luligans are doing that, describing the whole section. And that's not fair because a lot of other people are putting in a lot of good work too. Um, 
right now the section as a whole does not have a name. We're just calling it the North End. Um, for now, that's a placeholder until something more organic arrives. Um, but I think that's sort of a basic intro I wanted to give. Uh, so if you're new and you are just kind of checking out the supporter section or maybe you bought tickets in the supporter section, you're free to join any of the groups um, or not join any of the groups. There's a lot of people that just aren't a member. They just enjoy standing in the supporter section. Uh, but if you want to know more about the Luligans, this podcast is one way to get to do it. Uh, otherwise, just come to the parties. Everybody's invited to our parties. Um, you don't have to stand in the supporter section to be a Luligan. We've got members who don't have season tickets, either couldn't afford them or maybe they work on Saturdays. Uh, we've got people who are Luligans who have seats elsewhere in the stadium because they don't want to stand for 90 minutes or you know they enjoy what we do and they support it but they'd rather sit and watch the game with other friends or other family. So anybody can be a Luligan. Anybody can show up, uh, make noise, and have fun. And everybody's invited to our pregame parties or any events for that matter. So with that said, I wanted to just, like said, get that stuff out of the way. This show normally has a couple other hosts. These side stories, uh, unplugged, whatever we're going to call it, just again, to fill in the gaps between the full show. So I don't want to miss any news, and I don't want you guys to miss any news. And they're a little less fun because, obviously, I get bored of myself. I mean, anybody who's talked to me for more than five minutes knows that. Uh, and since I don't have anybody to play off of, I'm just going to be reading some notes and answering some questions. Um, the biggest news to come out this week uh, since since our last pod. I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, but St. Louis FC or St. Louis St. Louis City SC still still it's only been a few years. I'll eventually get the name right. Um, they won EMLS Cup. That's right. We are holding a trophy. We have hardware. We have silverware in our case. Uh, proud winners of the electronic MLS. This is a FIFA tournament for those of you that don't know. And most, I think most of the MLS teams have a, a player, a professional player. This is professional gaming. I'm not really one who gets into that. But, you know, I look at it kind of like power rankings. They really don't mean anything. But if you're going to have them, it's better to be on top. And we are. We won that championship. So put a star on the jersey. We've got an EMLS Cup. Uh, next thing I want to mention is... Uh, Huh, let's see. You know what? I've been noticing a lot of other podcasts. They're doing very well. We've been around for almost 12 years now. Maybe it is 12 years. Yeah, I think it is 12 years. Um, and we haven't had many opportunities to sell out completely. Uh, flyover footies on like the real radio now. Um, other other podcasts are getting fancy sponsors like fancy restaurants or you know clothing clothing places in St. Louis. You know, all I want is, like, some vans. I just need a few pair of vans. At this point, I would take just, like, somebody who works at a local van store who wants to slip me a gift card. I'd like to sell out a little bit. That's all I'm asking. Uh, speaking of selling out, Matt Bird is not here tonight because he's off being a smug holiday bastard. Him and Ewan are actually flying across the pond, as they say, back to his homeland of England. And they're actually going to see some soccer games while they're over there. I think they're even going to France for a game. Now, the reason I said sellout is he's obviously not going to be at the game this weekend. I'm wondering what he sold him and Ewan's ticket for. I wonder if that's paying for their entire trip to England. It very well could be. Um, we'll have to have a word with him when he gets back and see how much he sold those tickets for. But if I know Matt, he probably just gave them to a friend who, who really wanted to go to the game. So... But let's call him a sellout anyway. So today is actually uh, 314 Day. For those of you who don't know, 314 is the St. Louis area code. And every year we celebrate that day here, uh, March 14th, 314, by uh, giving to charities around town. So if you haven't done so already, please pick a charity and give money to them. We're going to talk about a few of our favorites here in a little bit. Uh, but just wanted to mention that. Um, What's else? What else do we need to talk about? Uh, merch. A lot of people are asking about our merch. Um, if you were there against Charlotte on the 4th, 
you will know we sold a ton of merch that day. I mean, basically for two and a half hours straight, we had a line at our table. And we sold out, uh, almost completely sold out of the $10 supporter scarves. And we sold a lot of the 2023 scarves. We still have, we got more of the 2023s in, so we'll have plenty of those for the next game. Got a limited amount of the supporter scarves left, but we do have more on order. They will be here. A lot of people asking about when they're going to go online. Um, Saturday, actually, no, Sunday, we spent the day at the trailer going through everything, inventorying everything, making sure we had our numbers straight. And then Mitch will be adding the 2023 scarf to the website soon, along with some T-shirts. So you can order them online and have them mailed to you. The supporter scarf, that's going to be game only. You can't order that online. You have to get it at games. So speaking of which, before every game, we are at Schlafly. That's our street party location right outside Schlafly on 21st Street, which seriously, we're lobbying pretty hard to get that renamed to uh, St. Luligan Street. Schlafly started calling that for fun, and uh, we happen to know a few people in the St. Louis City Council, so we're trying to get that to happen. So that's where all of our pre-match parties will be before every home game will be out there and a little more later. But uh, if you were at the first one, we know it was kind of a kind of a cluster. Um, just way too many people showed up, which is a good problem to have. But as a consequence, there were lines. Um, you know, we couldn't get as many people served as we want to. Mitch sat down with Schlafly, got all that ironed out. And uh, when we get to that part of the show, I'll tell you some of the plans we've got for that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, St. Louis City signed a trialist this week, or actually last week. Uh, Bartlett, he was a defender that has been in the camp for a while. And not only did they sign him, he actually got some playing time against Portland. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but just, you know, shoring up the people uh, with Nielsen out until May, that probably is a roster fill for that. They did officially move him to the, I don't know what MLS calls it, the injured reserve, so we can make that roster spot available. <sighs> Sorry, when I'm the only one here, I have to take my own drinks, and I can't wait till somebody else talks. Uh, right now, guys, it's crazy. We've won three games. And we've lost zero games. That means we're at the top of the table in the Supporter Shield race. Obviously, do not expect that to last. I mean, you know, knock on wood, we're going to have a good season. Uh, but some of the pundits picked us to win like three or four games all year long. We're already at three. So pretty safe to say we're going we're gonna to eclipse most people's expectations. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last show. I think a lot of that had to do with we had a lot of unknown quantities coming in. Uh, a lot of these players had never played in the league and, quite frankly, hadn't even played in leagues where they could really shine um, or at least where people could see them. So while a lot of people are surprised at how these players are doing, uh, someone who's not is uh, Lutz Fanagedeal. You know, that's why he went out and got these guys. And so far, again, knock on wood, wherever you can find it, um, some of his bets are paying off and we look like we've got some really good players. Now, the season is long. This is a high energy, high octane sort of system we're playing in. And, you know, we have to worry about them breaking down over the season or wearing out. Obviously, the games are going to get much hotter. Um, that tends to, you know, drain more of the players. So we'll see how it goes. But right now, things are looking good. And uh, we're going to talk about that Portland game here in a second. But so far, like I said, uh, it's even better than, well, I think it's better than most of us expected. I don't think anybody seriously predicted that we would be 3-0 at this point. Even even your most uh, sunshine and rainbows fanboy uh, probably, this is, this is much better than they expected even. So, hat tip to... Uh, Bradley Carnell and Lutz Fannensteel. Let's talk about, uh, and oh, by the way, Bradley Carnell got a second Coach of the Week nod, and this week, uh, young Bobby Hebert made, uh, did I say Bobby? Is, that, is it Bobby? Gosh dang. I should do my research, right? 
uh, Heber uh, got team of the week. And, you know, we're going to talk about City 2 now for a second, but this is a perfect example of this is a kid who, you know, we signed him to the two team last year and he worked his ass off and he, he had a great season, earned that MLS contract. Now he's in the MLS system uh, on City 1's roster. But again, didn't know how that would translate, didn't know how many minutes he was going to get. Nielsen goes down, he takes opportunity, and he's proving he can do it at this level, so much to the point that he got Team of the Week honors. Uh, had an amazing game against Portland, had a goal. Um, but again, goals aren't why he's there. Just had a standout performance defensively, too. So, you know, City 2's schedule came out today, and... Some of you may have not paid attention to City 2 last year. I get it. Um, you know, a lot of people just want to see the, the first team. But if you didn't get season tickets especially, um, you know there's a lot of big soccer fans out there that couldn't get season tickets. Either they were either too late or maybe they just found out about the team after the signups had happened or even got priced out because the tickets were more expensive than you were expecting. City 2 is is really good level soccer. And some of these guys, that's why they're there. They're seeing if they're ready to make the jump. Or a guy like Nielsen, who when he comes back from injury, is going to get some time at City 2 to, to get back into shape. Um, Max Schneider right now, for example, he's on a City 1 contract, but he will be playing at City 2 to get some time and get ready. Um uh, the young gentleman we signed from SLU, Klein, he's going to be playing at City 2, trying to get his break with City 1. And in addition to just seeing some good quality soccer, they're also going to be playing at the stadium. So, again, if you didn't get season tickets, but you want to be there, you want to check out the stadium, you want you know part of the experience, yes, the whole stadium is not going to be open. This is pretty typical for uh, two teams playing in big stadiums. Anybody who went and saw Sporting Kansas City 2 play uh, St. Louis FC back in the day when we would make those trips to Kansas City to play at Children's Mercy, it was usually just one side of the stadium was open. The two teams don't draw as much, um, and it is expensive to open those big stadiums, but you can get into the big stadium, you can see the future players for City, and again, the soccer in and of itself is good quality soccer, so... Don't miss out on those games. I don't know what the cost is going to be, but the tickets will be reasonable for that. Um, and also, if you're just a City fan, you know, and you, maybe you didn't check out City 2 last year, it's a good thing to do, like, on the on the games when City's out of town or whatever. Uh, I know we're all busy. I know you don't always have an extra weekend. But if you find yourself with, you know, time to kill on a weekend, grab a couple buddies and go see City 2. Well worth it. Um, those kids, you know... Those guys are actually playing for, you know, their future. So you'll get a lot of good quality soccer there. So just a shout out for City 2. That schedule came out today. You can uh, find it on MLS Next Pro's website or you can find it on the City app. And I think, you know, we and a couple other people tweeted links to it. So you should be able to find it online pretty easily. So let's talk about that Portland game. Um, you know, we're three and zero. That's the, that's the big highlight. Um, only Seattle Sounders in the modern expansion era has won their first three. Uh, we're going for four this weekend against San Jose, uh, and I don't. The Sounders did not win four, so we would sort of break a modern record. I mean, I know it's not like a hundred year old record, but still pretty impressive. And we've got a good chance against San Jose. But going into Portland. Um, the thing you need to know about Portland, if you haven't been a fan of the league or you're, you don't study it, Portland is a difficult place to play. Portland has one of the best fan bases in the entire league, bar none. Uh, I have no problem admitting that. Um, we want to be one of those places. We want, you know, St. Louis to be a place you don't want to go play because the fans are going to, you know be in the game and be a part of the game. And, you know, after that first game, you know, we set a high bar. It was a, it was a great game atmosphere-wise. And, um, 
you know, Berkey and, and Coach and a lot of other players talked about how we were a part of the game and how we can actually, you know, spur the players on. A lot of players mentioned it, you know, they, they didn't want to let the crowd down and they can feel that energy when it's, when it's loud and it's going. Well, Portland is traditionally like that place. And so even when they're not having the best of seasons, it's still a very difficult place to go play. And, you know, they scored early and it was a good goal. And it's one of those things where when I was watching, I was just like, okay, this could get rough because, you know, they got an early goal. The fans are going crazy. You know, it could it could get ugly. And I just braced myself for it because, like I said, we're not going to win 34 games this season. And they're not all going to be pretty. But this team, <laughs> say what you want about them. And, and I know we joke about the blue-collar attitude, and we joke about the designated team thing that uh, Lutz talks about. But honestly, that's what it is. They they buckled down. They didn't give up, and they fought back. So now, three games in a row, we've had to come back from a goal down. Obviously, you don't want that to be the trend, but it's good to know we can do that, and it's good to know that a hostile crowd isn't going to you know, get in our heads and prevent us from doing that. So all props to the players. Um, big shout out to uh, Miggy. I mean, uh, Miggy Perez, he's 17 years old. Um, you know, if you listen to the sh- last couple shows, you know, I've been proven wrong. I said, ah, oh, they signed this kid to a homegrown deal, but he's going to play a lot of MLS too to get him ready. Nope. No, he's he's come in off the bench a couple games and then actually started this game with a blow him out with a little bit of a knock. And, you know, the kid impressed. He uh, he got a little reckless at times, but I think as a 17-year-old, part of his his game has to be to show those guys that he's not going to be intimidated. He's not going to be pushed off the ball. You know, he got a yellow card because he got a little got a little feisty. Um, you know, a lot of people were wanting him pulled early because they could see him getting into those battles and, and you always worry about a kid letting the emotion get to him. But I really think he was just trying to set a tone and prove that he was not going to be intimidated by, you know, these grown men he's going up against. And by the way, the kid starts in Providence Park, uh, you know, against Portland in MLS. And then the Monday after that, he's got to go back to high school. I mean, he's finishing his high school career. Uh, the kid was not out of place. And, and, you know, maybe I'm doing him a disservice calling him a kid, but he is. He's a 17-year-old young man. And, um, you know, God love him. He was out there. He did not give up. He did not give an inch. Um, and he's only going to get better. So these minutes that we're getting him early uh, are going to pay dividends in the long run. Um, it's really nice to have, obviously, Blum's the starter there probably – um, you want him to be getting the minutes, but you know, you've got a little knock. This is a perfect kind of game to throw Miggy in and let him get that experience. And again, it's a hostile crowd. Um, it's sort of a, you know, a no lose situation right now. Um, you know, as long as he, he doesn't get his confidence destroyed, but you know, he's, he's done that now and he's gonna, he's gonna get more minutes. And as the season goes on, there's going to be times when we need him and, you're not going to worry about throwing him in there because he's ready and he's he's proven it and he's got that confidence now in himself. So I think that was probably the biggest you know takeaway from this game. Um, obviously, the win's important, but when you're only three games in, um, you know that's a huge. Uh, like I mentioned, Aber also a young player. He got the uh, um, team of the week honors. Stroud was on the bench for the team of the week. Stroud had another good game. You know, Bird talked about him last time. He likes his likes his edge when he's out there playing. Um, but really, you know, all of the guys played really well. Uh, you can listen to the other pods to get you know the player ratings and all that stuff. But uh, again, I I didn't see any glaring problems out there. Um, they're playing together as a team. You know, the quote unquote designated team. You do have uh, 
Jao Klaus up there causing damage. You have uh, Leuven pulling the strings. Again, some, some you know, he had a, another wonderful ball into the box that led to that third goal. Uh, you know, Leuven's really just, he has impressed me early this season. Um, just somebody to keep an eye on. Um, and I would actually say, um, you know, Giacchini came in late. I think he forced one late in the game because he, he wanted to, you know, make an impact. And I think, you know, even the commentators mentioned that sometimes when a guy comes in late, at that point we should be killing the ball. We should be putting it in the corner. We should be taking off as much time because we were already up. Um, but, you know, they just can't resist sometimes when that ball is right there in the middle. Um, you saw you saw Jao Klaus barking at people out there. Uh, and some people, you know, think that's, oh, he's whining or whatever. But it was actually, you want to see your striker, like, say, I was open, get me the ball. Um, that doesn't bother me at all. So I know some people were saying, you know, things about that. But that's that's a good problem to have. So all in all, the Portland game, fantastic. The watch parties looked great. I didn't make it out to this one, but I saw pictures. And again, you know, whether you're going to Schlafly to our watch party or you're going to Beffa's to the Punks and Santos watch party uh, or Amsterdam Tavern's been packed all three games. Even, you know, like when there's a home game, you can go to Amsterdam and watch the game. Um, you know, other places around town, the the St. Louis City has their list of official uh, partners that you can watch the games at. It's so amazing to see all these watch parties and see all the excitement for the teams. Um Coming up this weekend, we got San Jose, another big home game. Um, I expect there to be less people downtown. Last weekend was just, or the first game, March fourth. It was just in a you know an overall city party, like everybody wanted to be a part of it. So they said there was you know five to ten thousand people downtown that didn't have tickets, but they wanted to do the pregame stuff. They wanted to go to the plaza. They wanted to watch the game at Ballpark Village or at the bars, you know, Schlafly or Beffa's or The Pitch, Amsterdam, wherever you were. I still expected it to be a party. I still want everybody to come out. Um, obviously, you're all welcome at Schlafly to the Luligan party on Luligan Street. Um, some things we're, we've done, obviously, you know, with that crush of people, uh, they were not prepared for that many people. And we're going to give a pass for that first week because we tried to warn them, but but even then, uh, it was it was more than we thought it would be. So instead of one beer tent, we're going to have three. That should cut the lines down significantly. Um, porta potties, they're going to have eight this time instead of two. Uh, that should cut that line down significantly. Uh, trash cans, we agree there there need to be more trash cans, and there will be more trash cans, both recycling cans for your bottles and plastic cups, but also just Regular trash cans are going to be spread out more and have more availability on that. Um, food trucks. We had one last game. Uh, that was a conscious choice. Mitch wanted to do one uh, because we knew there were going to be people wanting to eat the food in the stadium, and we didn't know how many people would actually eat at the tailgate party. I can tell you I waited in line myself for 45 minutes just so the workers at our merge tents could get something to eat uh we're gonna have at least two trucks per game going forward sometimes three um we are trying to schedule those uh we actually might need some help scheduling those because we've got so many so many things going on and right now mitch is doing that and he just sent me a note today saying we need help with the with the food truck so if you know a food truck reach out if you own a food truck and want to be a part of it reach out or if you just want to help us organize that kind of stuff, uh, just, you know, basic scheduling kind of thing, we want to have at least two at every game, if not three. So that's going to be taken care of. Uh, so hopefully, like I said, we've got more beer lines, we've got more porta potties, we've got more food trucks, we've got more trash cans. Hopefully, all that leads to less lines and it leads to a more enjoyable tailgate experience. Plus, I expect there to be a few less people. As far as the merch tent goes, uh, we're going to open a little earlier this time. The tailgate, or sorry, I'm not supposed to say tailgate. The pregame extravaganza party uh, starts officially at four. Um, if you're there a little early, 
you know, going to Schlafly to get something to eat and you wander out. A lot of people wanted to to buy stuff and we didn't open. We're going to open a little early this time. So uh, if you're there, but I do need to emphasize this. We've got to close both the Schlafly and the merch tent by 615 because we have to march into the stadium and we have to put all that stuff away. So please, if you want to buy a scarf or something, get down there before, let's say, plan to be in line by six. I expect the lines to be less for that, too, because most of the people got that first scarf or um, a lot of people did, let's say. So not everybody will be in line again. Uh, Our charity du jour this week is going to be Spensa. If you don't know, Spensa is the Special Needs Soccer Association here in St. Louis. They offer a program that lets a lot of kids play soccer that maybe can't sign up for your your YMCA leagues or your CYC leagues uh, because they have some special needs or, you know, um, trouble walking or trouble running, but they still want to play the game. Uh, Spencer does a great job of not only giving kids a chance to play the game, but also they work with a lot of existing clubs. So they work with St. Louis Scott Gallagher. They work with Lou Fuse. They work with St. Louis City SC. And they get those kids and those professionals out to play with these kids and to be role models and to, you know, uh, teach them the game the right way and at a high level. And I think it just not only does it benefit the kids who may not otherwise get a chance to play soccer, but it also benefits the people who are out there teaching them, you know, soccer is for everyone. And we all love this game. God knows I am not an athlete, but I love the game. Uh, And I used to play the game, and I played it at a very poor level. Uh, But it was fun, and, you know, I fell in love with it. And every kid deserves that, you know, no matter where they come from, no matter what their economic background is, and the city's doing good things, they've got their academy going, they've got the, uh, the, the little camps and programs around town that they're doing for free. But also kids that, that, like I said, have special needs, uh, they're going to need help, and it costs more to do those programs. So Spensa does that. So all of the donations we raised this week for just regular donations, sticker sales, our raffle prizes, those are all going to go to Spensa this week. And in addition, I want to give a shout-out to Ultras. If you've seen the St. Luligan jerseys and you like them, that's uh, Ultras makes those. And I had to reach out to him about a Jersey issue. Some of you know there were some website issues, but we think we've got that cleaned up now. Um, but he said, hey, you know, Brad, while I'm talking to you, you guys, I mean, we've always had like one of the best selling jerseys on Ultras for the 10 years now we've been doing it. But obviously this year with, with City coming in, at all, there's been a lot more people buying our jerseys. He said, you know, we, we're going to, we're so happy. We're, you guys are selling jerseys like crazy. Those of you don't know, we don't get a cut from that. This is just something we do for fun. And we've been working with Ultras for years. And, you know, that's just the deal. We, do, we don't get paid for it, but it's a cool jersey and, and whatever. Um, but he said, Brad, you know, we've, we've got to give some money back here because it's, it's going really well, Brad. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's give some money to Spencer because, you know, that's our charity du jour this week, but it's also a soccer based charity that we really believe in. They can always use the funds. And, uh, I didn't know what the donation was going to be, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever, but it turns out he gave $500 to Spencer and that's to them, that's big money. And I think this week. Our charity du jour, we're gonna we're gonna add a lot more to that. So please drop by the table. Please give a couple bucks. Uh, plan on bringing a couple extra bucks to the game to drop in the bucket for that. Also, just a reminder: the stickers and the and the pins. You know, we just say they're for a donation. And and what I mean by that is like if you're gonna get a sticker, throw in a dollar. If you're gonna get ten stickers, you know, throw in ten dollars. I'm not gonna be you know an accountant about it. You know, if you've only got five bucks and you want six stickers that's fine. Or, you know, throw in a couple bucks, you can get a couple stickers and a couple pins. I'm not going to, you know, parse it out, but give what you're able, because I know a lot of people, you know, will give $10 and only take two stickers or whatever. You know, it all balances out. 
but there were a couple people last time at the tailgate party that as soon as I said the stickers and pins are for donation only, they reached in and grabbed a handful. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, it's an honor system. And, and I didn't say you have to give a dollar for every pin you grab. But that's just stealing. That's, I mean, you know, be cool about it. It's for charity. Um, and if you, if you just said something like, you know, oh, I don't have any cash on me, but next time I'll give you, you know, I'll, I'll cut a break. Or if a kid comes to the table and wants a couple stickers, I'm not going to be a jerk about it. But, you know, if you just come up and just grab a handful and walk away, that's kind of a dick move. So, so don't do that. That's all I would say about that. Um, I think that kind of covers the news and everything. Please come out to the uh, watch party on Saturday, or not the watch party, so the the pregame extravaganza. Uh, the march to the match will be similar to last time. Um, so my advice, get to Schlafly by 6.30. That doesn't mean you have to line up right at 6.30, but get to there by 6.30, and we're going to start marching around 6.45. Again, watch Florida Noise for that. They're in charge of the march, and... They're the one the team coordinates with. Hey, you know, again, Mitch kind of explained it last show. MLS, there is a very strict timeline. There is, you know, uh, markers we have to meet, and we have to be into the stadium at a certain time, and we have to, you know, be rounding this corner at that time, and it takes so long to get through the gates. So we will be announcing at the tailgate, you know, hey, everybody, line up now. Hey, everybody, we're leaving in three minutes, that kind of stuff. But seriously, follow Florida Noise on Twitter and on Facebook uh, if you're on social media and on Instagram because they're going to give you some more details. And we're going to put that information out as we get closer to. But right now, like I said, plan on being if you, if you want to come to our party and hang out all day, great. Uh, if not, plan on being there by 630 if you want to march to the match with us. I know also Santos is over at Beffa's. They start their march. I'm not sure when. But they time it to meet up with us, and they're in contact with Florida Noise, so that happens appropriately. Uh, So you can also party at Beffa's if you're with those guys, and you can join them in their march to get to us to join the main march. So, but if you're just coming down to the stadium and you don't, you know, you don't know what you're doing pregame or anything, and you want to do the march, which you don't have to be in the supporter section, you can sit anywhere in the stadium. But if you want to march with us, plan on being at Schlafly by six thirty. That's what I would say about that. Okay, let's do a few notes. There was one more thing. What was I going to say? Totally blanking on it. Um, but let's do a few questions here. Uh, of course, good pod as always with me just sort of uh, hitting my phone and trying to get to where I was because it always goes back to the beginning, doesn't it? Doesn't it always go back to the beginning? Uh so, first question tonight is from Blue Chip Logebox, longtime listener. Uh, it's not his first time to ask a question, though. Uh, thoughts on Rochester and the next pro schedule? So, the next pro schedule did drop today, but it you know it didn't drop before this question was asked. And a lot of that I think had to do with the fact that Rochester, New York, that was the only non MLS team playing in next pro. Uh, they finally made the decision to. Uh, to fold. And I think it took the schedule a little while longer to come out because they were planning for that or they had to redo the schedule after they found out Rochester was going to fold. Here's what I'll say about Rochester uh, and this particular iteration. Uh, Rochester is one of those truly... uh, Tragic isn't the right word... But there was a time, and if you don't follow the history of MLS going back 15, 20 years, uh, there was a time that Don Garber announced, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when Rochester becomes an MLS team. They had, they're the last non-MLS team, by the way, to win the U.S. Open Cup. I don't know what year it is. Don't, Don't quiz me on that. Um, but they had at one time a thriving fan base. They had a really cool stadium 
for, at that time, a USL team. Um, and then they were just sort of a victim of, uh, you know, they told they were told they were going to get MLS, and then it didn't happen, and then their attendance started to drop off, and and they, you know, obviously there were some bad business decisions, but there's not a lot of good business happening at the uh, second level of soccer. They don't make money, um, so you know, some twists and turns, and they they ended up going on hiatus, which turned into a fold. Uh, which turned into somebody buying the team and wanting to bring it back. And the logical thought was they would go into USL and, you know, maybe USL Division One or USL Division II. Um, for whatever reason, they they got rid of the Rhinos name, which had been, you know, part of Rochester history forever. I'm talking way too long. You probably don't care. But ultimately... Um, they probably didn't go to USL because of the the entry fee that would have to be paid or the back fees that Rochester owed when they when they folded. Um, they tried to go with MLS Next Pro. It never seemed like a really good fit. I mean, MLS Next Pro, I know they've talked about adding independent teams, and they may still do it, uh, but it seems like a reserve league for MLS, and that's what it should be. That's why... Uh, for those of you that don't know, MLS two teams used to be a part of USL. USL and MLS had a deal that was at the time mutually beneficial. It helped MLS teams get some young young players some experience, and it helped fill out the USL league to make it stronger. USL's outgrown that now, and there were problems there. So I think MLS Next Pro should just be the reserve teams for MLS because they have a different competition goal they have a different um marketing goal than usl usl is a strong league and and uh i am a big fan of usl for years you know we played with st louis fc in usl it's a good league Uh, but it's not a reserve league and it's a little different um you know now the goal for mls next pro is to find players that can be on your first team eventually or get young kids experience to see if there's a if they can make that jump. Um, so I always thought Rochester was a, a, I don't want to say poor choice, but a poor choice for that league. Um, so anyway, the schedule's out now. Uh, the good news is uh, Blue Chip says, like the fact that they're using City Park, it won't be the full stadium, but it'll give a chance for people to go see the stadium and uh, go see sort of the environment. And it, it's a lot of fun. You should go do it. Um, our friend Soccer Capital Podcast. Will City be cheeky enough to put a star above the badge to celebrate their EMLS kit? I mean, that would be fun just for the lulls, but uh, no, no, we can't do that. Um, but it would be funny to see somebody rocking the uh, EMLS championship uh, kit. I don't know what our player's name is. You know, forgive me. You can find it out there. He's he's the MLS EMLS champion. Be cool if somebody had like a. Uh, authentic with his name and number on the back and and a star that would be funny our old friend pt the islander how many guys will Precky go with on the back line this week Precky likes to run that um eight two offense or defense uh he's he likes to throw as many guys behind the line as possible so keep an eye out for that this weekend uh st louis city a c4 uh, only three games in, but have Lutz and Carroll already met and exceeded our expectations? I mean, they have for some of the league. I think um, I'm I'm pleased. I was I had questions about Lutz's picks when he was getting these guys that most of us had never heard of. Um, you know, I think at this point, nine teams make the playoffs now. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect them to make the playoffs. Um, you know, I think last week after, after before the Portland game, when they were two and zero, I think the stat was something like eighty percent of the teams that go two and zero make the playoffs. I think now at three and zero, with with honestly, seriously, a lot of soccer left to play. We could, I doubt that we're going to lose every game from now on out, but it's possible. Um, at three and zero, I think I think you really have to say. 
I mean, I don't think Lutz and Carnell are in any danger of being fired. Uh, so far, what they've done is great. But I think at this now, at this point, I think playoffs are a reasonable expectation for this team. Again, I'm not trying to set them up for failure, but um, they're playing really well. And if if they keep showing this level of hustle and desire, uh, I think playoffs are reasonable. Uh, Adam wants to know, is there going to be a food truck at every game? Yes, there's going to be at least two food trucks at every street party. Uh, in addition to, there are food trucks at the other areas around town, uh, New Fuse Plaza, just for the team stuff, and then food in the stadium. But yes, there is going to be more food trucks at our street parties. And uh, let's see, Jim Shipley just got a question in before I call it quits here. On every topic, end it with the answer, what would Mr. and Mrs. Raina do? Oh, Jesus. If you haven't been paying attention to this soap opera, thanks, Jim, for bringing that up. <clears throat> um, what to say about Mr. and Mrs. Raina? Claudio, Claudio. Oh, Claudio, you used to be one of my favorite players. I think I mentioned it on a podcast not too long ago. Uh, for those of you that don't know, so this World Cup cycle... Uh, Gio Reina was a, he's playing at Dortmund, really good, really good young player. Probably I would hazard to guess one of our best young players in the world right now. He did not get a lot of time at the world cup. Now we can debate Burhalter's decision there. Uh, there've been some stories and at this point, I, I don't know who to trust on any of them, but there's some stories that maybe Gio did not have the best attitude coming into camp. And it's always difficult, but, and I know Bearhalter isn't the most popular coach, um, but I think he had a good World Cup. I think, uh, you know, given the talent we had, that was a good World Cup. I thought Giorena should have played more, but I don't, again, I'm not privy to what's going on behind the scenes. And, and sometimes a very talented player can talk himself out of a sporting position. Uh, you don't have to look any further than, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and United. Rape charges aside, uh, <laughs> you can say, you know, Ronaldo's one of the most talented players in the world, and any team would want his talent. But United decided it wasn't worth the hassle. Now, time will tell if that was the right decision for them. But at a certain point, the coach makes those calls. And the coach decided, Berhalter decided, for whatever was going on behind the scenes, the team was better off either with Reyna on the bench or maybe just getting spot time. Uh, it's easy to second guess that. But he's the coach. He makes those calls. And then... You know, stuff started leaking out, you know, whether it was his attitude or, you know, some of that's on Burhalter. He maybe gave a few interviews he shouldn't have or he thought he was off the record. But then it comes out that Claudio's parents, and God love, uh, or not Claudio, Gio's parents, Claudio and his wife, started telling tales like from 30 years ago about uh, Coach Burhalter and his then girlfriend, which has now become his wife. And alleging all sorts of stuff. There's been a whole investigation. Um, I think Burhalter even admitted that, you know, in their past, they had a little bit of a tumultuous relationship, which, by the way, a lot of us had tumultuous relationships when we were in our 20s. You know, if if I was up for a job promotion tomorrow and some girl I dated in high school came forward and said, well, you know, one time we were at a party and he was drunk and he, you know, he did whatever. I mean, not to say it excuses it by no means, but I mean, it wasn't like Berhalter was hiding this information or, or denied these allegations. He was, you know, this is what happened. His wife said, this is what happened, but it really looks ugly on the Reynas. I mean, like really looks sour grapes and you know, I said, like I said, I think I mentioned on a podcast not too long ago, you know, there was a time when Claudio was playing for Manchester City and he was like the standard bearer for United States players playing overseas. I mean, this was a an American playing in the Premier League. And 
you know, I always loved him as a player, but man, the more stories we hear about how he acts behind the scenes and, you know, like I said, I feel sorry for Gio. Like, Gio's got to live with this shit. Um, and, you know, we've all seen, you know, just at, just at Little League, you know, parents screaming ugly things from the sideline. And I, and I always just feel bad for the kid because the kid's just got to go be coach. You know, my dad's a nut. Like, please don't, please don't let this affect my playing time. Like, Gio right now should be, you know, focused on his career. He's young. He's at Dortmund. He's playing well. Um, whoever comes in as the U.S. national team coach, you know, he should be putting his head down, going to work and saying, hey, I want to prove, you know, whatever happened at the last World Cup, you know, my attitude's right. I'm into it. I want to, you know, prove myself to, to the U.S. system. I want to be that guy. I want to carry this team forward. And he's got to deal with his parents in the background. I mean, good Lord, Claudio Reina and uh, I'm sorry, I don't know his mom's name, but please just go away. Just go away like forever. Um, and, and please don't hold uh, Gio responsible for the things that his parents are doing because good Lord, that's just ugly. So, yeah, thanks, Jim, for, for bringing that up so I get to t- deal with that. <clears throat> but seriously, who ugly stories. Um, soccer parents. Soccer parents are the worst, man. Honestly. I coached like kindergarten through second grade girls soccer and they were friggin' horrible. Like, you know, talking about their first grade girls needed to get more playing time because they needed to get a scholarship. It's like, Jesus Christ. But then it doesn't even get any better. Like, this is like obviously one of the best players in the world and they're fucking threatening to withhold the orange slices. Kidding me? Ugh. All right. One last question. This is my friend Carlos. Uh, Carlos is with Santos. How do you feel about the fact that it is, in fact, still back on? Um, I feel I feel good. I feel good about it being back on. Um I do also feel responsible since Matt Bird is not here to asterisk that and say it was said in jest. And um, he, in fact, does not believe it's back on. He will never, ever again say it's back on. But I think, you know, you and I both know, Carlos, and all our listeners know, it is, in fact, back on we'll see you saturday and hopefully the rest of the gang will be back for a show next week thanks for listening